Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're watching it. Um, welcome to episode one of Beyond the Elevator. This is our podcast for Elevator Movie Reviews, uh, an Instagram account where we post short 30 seconds reviews and kind of give the bare bones thoughts on those movies. Um, right here, we'll give our more in-depth thoughts. And today I'm joined by my fellow elevator and celebrator, Zachary Lyons. Hello, that's my name. And unfortunately, we don't have Ryan Barlow today, um, who's our third elevator and celebrator, but he will be there next week for our next episode. Do you want to go over what the content of a normal uh, Beyond the Elevator podcast will look like? Why, of course. So we have three floors, um, three sections of our podcast, thinking of it as an elevator. On the first floor, uh, we're going to talk about movie news, anything we want to get off of our chests um, about the film world. And any thoughts that we have there. Second floor, we're going to be talking about a movie or movies. And there could be spoilers. This episode, there will be spoilers. Um, and floor three will be a more general discussion about something that's going on in the film world right now. Something that was happening in the movie, themes, whatever it may be. Um, but that's where we get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, sounds good. So, I mean, let's just cut the BS and jump right into it, right, Zach? Sure, why not? Um, so, in terms of movie news, theaters are back open now. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. I don't know uh, how that's going to turn out in terms of box office and everything. Um, Noah, do you know some of the movies that are out right now? So, Tenet's kind of the big one. Uh, that's the big fish. That's what everybody's seeing. Uh, one of my coworkers actually saw it. Thought it was okay. Mm. I'm hearing a lot of people say it's okay and the sound mixing kind of gets in the way of everything. Yeah, I've heard like too much of okay for it to be like a good Christopher Nolan movie, but I still got to see it. And I'm it's just... got Denzel's son, you know? Denzel's son, that's true. And Robert Pattinson. Who, yeah. Uh, he was formerly in the Twilight films, so he's for the ladies. And the Lighthouse. And the Lighthouse, but now he's for the boys because he's Batman. Well, the Lighthouse is for the ladies too. Good for... <laughs> Uh, I guess it, it depends on how you look at it. Um, if Willem Dafoe gets the job done. Yeah, that's um, true. Anyways, yeah, Tenet's out, and I believe there's just a couple smaller movies. New Mutants. New Mutants, oh boy. Delayed after, who even knows how many times it's been. Does it even exist? I don't Is know. Is it real? Uh, Ryan was able to see it at an advanced screening way before it even came out. When it was like originally... like planning on coming out and now it's like two years later and it's finally coming out and the reviews are bad so and he gave it a 0.5 out of 10 um we know ryan has some extreme opinions on horror movies so um, i guess this is a not very scary horror movie from what i've heard uh, but i don't really know i'm gonna watch it yeah i was i was thinking about it um Maybe, like, later on, if it comes out on streaming somewhere, I might watch it. I don't know if I would risk the Rona for it. But drive-ins are open, too. So I would risk the Rona for Tenet, maybe. Hazmat suit. That's what we're bringing. Yeah, because if, if you go to the doctors and they ask you how you got it, you say by seeing the new mutants, I don't think they're going to treat you. Yeah, that's true. Um, but if, was... if you like the movie, no slander. We, we don't want to um, push too much negativity here. I was kind of hoping, like, I, I've been hearing, like, bad stuff, and it's been delayed so many times, but there's a little part of me that's like, maybe it's good. Maybe everyone was just rooting against it. Maybe uh, it's going to turn out to be, like, a pleasant surprise, and now it's out. The reviews are bad, and it doesn't really seem like something very worthwhile, but we'll see. Maybe I'll catch it at some point. Yeah, and if we do all watch it, then there will be a little review on this channel. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, some other movies that are out in cinema um, are Words on Bathroom Walls, which I've heard is okay. Um, and uh, what was that other the one? Dave Franco horror movie? No, that's in Drive-In, but not okay. in the movie theater. Um, that's called... Oh, what's the name of that? The Rental. The Rental. Yeah. Um, it's a rental movie. Oh, The Broken Hearts Gallery, produced by Selena Gomez, is out. And I've actually heard, like, pretty decent things about it. I've heard 
It's like a cute rom-com. They don't break out in song and dance. I'm not I'm not paying for a ticket. If you know if you know me, I'm pretty anti-rom-com for the most part, but occasionally like you give me the holiday because it's a Christmas movie. I love that movie. So there's like exceptions to the rom-com rule, like Long Shot last Crazy year. Crazy Asians? That's okay. It's a I thought it was overrated. It's a banger. We'll we talk about it. We'll talk another day. Another day. Um, but yeah, those are some of the movies that are out. Um, and originally they were planning on re-releasing a lot of movies, but I feel like the um, the slate's pretty full now, so they kind of pushed out. But I know that they're um, playing forty two in theaters a little bit. Um, so I think that they're still playing that at some theaters, and it's only like $5 to watch it. Yeah, they're practically paying people to go into theaters right now. Yeah, that's true. Just tough um, to see. You could get one month for only $5 for the A-list. So if anyone is willing to go to the movie theater right now, that's a pretty good option. I, I would recommend um, I mean, I wouldn't really recommend going to the, <laughs> the theater, CDC but would not recommend. If, if you're just feeling it, then go ahead. $5 is a good deal. Bring some sanitizer. And then the other movie, um, the big movie that's out right now, I guess, is Mulan, which is on um, Disney Plus now. Uh, but it's a little... I didn't like it. it it's okay. Um, we'll probably get a review out for that in the next couple weeks on uh, our Instagram account, but... And maybe have a discussion in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's alright. Um, $30 is quite a cost for the movie. Um, but if you if you have your friend's password, <laughs> it might be a little bit different. You might want to watch We're not going to say that we participated in that because... Um, we're not going to say that. Our lawyers uh, don't want us getting into any... Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll move on. Let's move on. Let's move and, on. In December, you could watch it just with your Disney Plus subscription. So Here's my if 10 you're, cents. If you're feeling like you want to watch it, but you don't want to pay $30, you can wait. That is an option. I would recommend to wait it out, but give, yeah. it, a, give it a watch at some point. Definitely. Just out of morbid curiosity. And I think the last uh, big news right now is um, the film festivals that are going on. Um, we got Toronto Film Festival, uh, is the, the big one, TIFF, uh, as a movie lover. As the film community as says. As the film community says, um, TIFF is, uh, where a lot of the Oscar movies, the ones that tend to get nominated or win Oscars, premiere. Um, and that just started, I think, on Friday. What day is it today? It's it the 12th. Is... So it started on Thursday. Um, and they've gotten a few movies so far that have been playing. Um, I don't know if Noah has anything to say about it. Do you have any thoughts on the movies that are out? The one that we're watching that I don't remember the title of. Nomadland. Nomadland. It's got Frances McDormand, so, um, that's already kind of sold me a bit. She was great in Almost Famous. She was great in Three Billboards. Um, and we're going to be watching that on the 26th. Yeah, we are. Um, if you guys are interested in watching any of the film festival films this year, uh, a little early, um, on the New York Film Festival website, they have, um, some tickets that you can get to the virtual screenings. I don't know how much longer they'll be up there. Um, but that's a pretty cool opportunity considering everything's online this year. Um, they do have some drive-ins, but if you're not in New York, you can't attend the drive-ins. So, um, yeah, Nomadland seems to be the big hit of the festival. A lot of Oscar buzz around it uh, for cinematography is what I'm hearing. Um, Chloe Zhao, the director, um, could be the first Asian-American uh, woman director, is what I'm hearing, if she gets nominated and... Um, seems like she has a pretty good chance at this point in time. But after what happened early. to after what happened to Lulu Wang last year, we yeah. gotta hope she doesn't get robbed again. Yeah, Lulu Wang was robbed last year, but I'm thinking it's gonna be different this year. There's not, um, there's not 
that much competition, first of all. But I think I mean, there's Palm Springs. No, we're no. Um, But from what I'm hearing, she just did a fantastic job with that movie. The ratings are astronomical, Um, and some other movies that uh, might you might want to put on your radar. Um, I know that Ammonite is kind of uh, getting a little bit of buzz, but also the reviews have been kind of eh. I'm not going to lie. That's movies that are set before, like, the First World War kind of put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially considering the movie being more, like, reserved and quiet and tranquil, that's just kind of a recipe for me to become a bit disinterested. Yeah, I do love uh, Sorsha, but um, yes, Sorsha's she, great. she's great. I I just feel like after Portrait last year, the story seems like the same. It's set during the same time period, um, and it doesn't seem to be bringing much new to the table. So I don't know um, how it is, but the reviews haven't been great for it. It's been kind of like in the 60s on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and then the other big one... Um, that has been presented this year um, is One Night in Miami. uh, And that's directed by Regina King, who um, won an Oscar a few years ago for Best Supporting Actress for Beale Street. Street. She was amazing in that. And this is her directorial debut. And according to critics, she knocked it out of the park. Do you You have any thoughts on that movie, though? For Beale Street, I just gotta say... The one word I'd use to describe her performance, ferocious. Ferocious? Ferocious. What does that mean? Just so much passion and so much uh, energy she brought to the screen. And she was, there's so much emotion too. Um, so I just think she, she really killed it. And there was so much like, um, so much power in every scene that she was in. And yeah. for a movie like Beale Street, which is a bit slow um, and really takes its time. I think uh, she was a necessary addition. Yeah, it seems like this will be a really uh, interesting, very um, good film. There's a lot of buzz around it. Um, So yeah, it seems like uh, Nomadland and One Night in Miami are the big films to look for. Um, Some other ones are American Utopia, which is directed by Spike Lee. But um, I think it's a a filming of a play, from what I've heard. So I don't know if that's going to get any Oscar buzz. Um, Do you have something, though? And we know Spike Lee will do anything for content. He will film anything, any documentary, any movie. Um, And, I mean, that's part of his charm. That's part of why we love him. But um, Defy Bloods better get some Oscars next year. I think that's that's one of the only locks so far this year. But, uh, yeah, Spike Lee... He directed, like, a Killers music video last year. He did, like, three different documentaries, um, a motion picture, all this stuff. So um, he's always busy, and I'm looking forward to anything he puts out. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so I'm looking forward to hearing more reviews from the film festivals and for those films to start coming out. And hopefully we'll get the Oscars next year. Who knows what that's going to look like at this point. Yeah, it's going to be tough, and I know that there's probably going to be a lot of backlash if coronavirus is still as extreme as it is right now, and a bunch of celebrities join together in a big room uh, to accept awards. uh, They'll do anything to, like, cut down the Oscars, like, the time, and make everything, like, quick and energetic, so maybe maybe that's on the table. Yeah, um, I'm not completely sure how it's going to look, but hopefully we'll see some form of Oscars, because there's, even in a year where uh, we haven't been at the theaters as much, I still feel like there has been some extraordinary films that um, have either come virtually or earlier this year, so. I think it's been a case, I think it's been a case of the big three for me. There's been three really good uh, movies that stuck with me. Maybe you haven't seen enough. Maybe maybe I haven't seen enough. That's true, but there are a lot Just of films. Just wait for time to come out. Time true. coming out later this year. Must see. I watched that at an advanced screening, and that's also going to be part of the film festivals. Um, that's a really amazing movie. Sorry to cut you off there, but you can go ahead now. Yeah. So there's about three movies that I think are 
possible Oscar contenders that I really enjoyed. One of those is Palm Springs, and I know I'm going to temper this. I'm not pushing for an Andy Samberg Best Actor nom. I'm pushing for a Dingus Award nom. If you guys don't know what that is, uh, we had a our own awards show the last two years, uh, and I'm pushing for Andy to at least get a nom. I'm not going to say he's going to win. Anyways, I think the screenplay for that movie was excellent, and I think it has a really good shot. Defy Bloods, there's about five to ten different categories I could see it. Um, sneaking in there with and first cow was pretty enjoyable very well made i think it could um finally give a24 some love but besides that i'm still looking for some more movies to blow me away a bit more yeah i'm especially looking for first cow to get some oscars hopefully hopefully the cow kelly should get a directing nom she's such a good director i've been watching a few more of her movies lately on the criterion channel and she's just amazing. So much range. Range? Yeah. I thought Range. All of her films are so slow and melodic. You gotta watch uh, River of Grass, and that'll change your mind. Noted. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you have any more news or updates? Anything going on in the world before we move on to the second floor, Noah? Um, I think we've covered about everything on the first floor here. I think it's time to move. Yeah. Up. Sounds good. Um, for our review today, for our second floor, um, we're going to be talking about the film I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Directed... And I'm thinking of ending things after watching this movie. Whoa. Just kidding. The movie wasn't <laughs> bad. I just wanted to throw out a cheesy a bad headline. Yeah, okay. Um, we're moving on. Yeah, I'm thinking of ending things directed and written by Charlie Kaufman. Um, Charlie Kaufman, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so this movie I thought was pretty good. Oh, oh, just a warning. Spoilers are coming. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If if you don't have the message by now and you haven't clicked away, uh, you kind of deserve it. Yeah, maybe we'll... Um, when we start getting into spoilers later in the review, I'll like warn a little bit more. But just overview, if you're really worried about getting any of this movie spoiled. And I think there are a lot of spoilers that you might want to be aware of. So, here's what I'll start with. Stay away. So, without getting into any spoilers, we're literally not going to even give you the plot right now. We're just going to say, thumbs up or thumbs down, for I'm thinking of anything. Zach, what's your, what's your thumb direction? Thumbs up. I'm going to go thumbs up, but like... The thumb is a little concerned about where it's at. It's not really sure where it's landing. But okay. it's it's in the general upward direction. Do you want to give a little bit of um, overview of the plot and not give away like too much spoilers, but just kind of the overview? So essentially, um, our main character, um, who's dating Jesse Plemons, who's a great actor, um, they're going on a vacation, a little uh, day trip to go visit um, Jesse Plemons' parents. And things get really weird, and as the film goes on, it starts getting existential, and we start uh, wrestling with questions like, what is life, what is time, what is blah, 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 blah. Um, so basically the bare-bones structure is they're going to visit uh, the boyfriend's family, but then a lot of stuff goes on in between that. Yeah, pretty whack. Um, pretty interesting. Pretty unsettling. Yeah, I would agree. Um, do you want to give, like, your overall thoughts of the movie? So, I really enjoyed the setup for this film. I thought the first 20 minutes, which is essentially one scene, I guess that's a bit of a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you what happens in the scene. But, um, that one scene, it's very effective, It's and it really, like loops you into the story. And then once they get to the house, uh, the aforementioned house, then I think it almost takes a horror movie spin, but it doesn't quite commit to it. There's so much weird imagery and uh, so much unsettling stuff going on. But then the, the problem that I have with the film is I don't think that the ending is satisfying enough. And I left the movie with way more questions than I did starting the movie in the first 20 minutes. Uh, and I think that they should have at least provided some answers. 
Yeah. Um, I disagree with Noah on the ending part, but I agree with everything before that I thought was really good. Um, and we're going to get to a discussion for our floor three on whether we think we have to understand the movie for it to be considered good. Um, that's going to be our topic for today. Um, but just in general, the ending is confusing. It's weird. It doesn't really make sense. And it's just kind of there to shock you a little bit and hopefully provoke some thoughts. Um, but I enjoyed that. And I thought um, it was pretty cool how they um, set up the story. The structure is pretty interesting. Um, very different from a lot of movies I've seen. Um, yeah, so that's my overall thoughts of the movie. Should we go into spoilers yet? Or are you? do you have any more thoughts before we go into that? Uh, before we jump in here, I'd just like to mention that um, I think the acting overall is mm, really good. True. Uh, I'm struggling to remember the main actress's name. Um, that is Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley does a really solid job. Um, I do have slight problems with her performance as the movie progresses, mm -hmm. but it depends on how you interpret the movie. Um, so I guess that's a whole different can of worms that we need to get into. But I thought Jesse Plemons did a really good job. Um, he's been Tony. he's been great in every movie I've seen. And yes, Tony Collette. Holy crap, she is the weirdest person ever. Like I don't <laughs> understand like how she is human with how like unsettling and how like dicey like every scene with her is. Yeah. Um, you haven't even seen Hereditary. I have not seen Hereditary. <laughs> um, I've heard that's the complete mental breakdown of um, of her as an actress. But I also thought David Lewis did a really solid job. And I guess that's really the whole cast, besides yeah. a couple characters here and there. I also really like the cinematography. I just thought, in general, it looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, um, I really like the shots in the snow in the beginning. I, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Atmosphere. But yeah. Um, in general, it just looks really good. It's shot very well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my overall thoughts. Yeah. So uh, we might as well jump into spoilers. So be warned, if you stayed here th thus far and you're still thinking of entering, just know that there's going to be spoilers. Um, so in terms of spoilers, Let's I... Let's just start with the opening scene, which is basically a whole short film. Um, yeah, in a way, I guess. Yeah. I, I feel like this movie is kind of like only three parts, like the three-act structure, but it's only, like, these scenes. It's not really like they do anything else in those scenes. Yeah, so the first 20 minutes of the movie is essentially, like, a, a conversation in a car. And you think that it, it would last, like, maybe two minutes in any other film. But here we have, like, an entire philosophical discussion that we witness. Uh, there's, like, tension in the relationship. There's a lot of questions you have based on um, whether or not Jesse Plemons can hear the thoughts of our main character and, or Jesse Buckley. And it really sets like a really good atmosphere for the film. I was hoping that all those things that it set up in the opening scene would come to fruition later in the film. But, um, Charlie Kaufman said, nah, nah. And I, it could be good or bad for you based on uh, your preferences, but uh, he definitely took a 180 from how he set up the film. Mm -hmm. um, I think before we uh, get to like the later parts of the movie and like what the movie means necessarily, um, I just wanted to ask, um, I know I had some, but do you have any like themes that you saw in the movie that seemed to be very present or um, like thought-provoking stuff that occurred? That you thought of? I think apprehension is a big one in the movie. Uh, there's a lot of uh, apprehension on part of our main character um, as she starts the film with saying, I'm thinking of any things. Um, and you, you see her throughout the film like thinking like, this is kind of uncomfortable. Like it's, you can see with her eyes. She Sometimes there's um, a monologue where you can kind of hear her thoughts um, or hear her speaking and then you can see her regrets and her... Um, her questions that she has, but I think she does a lot of acting, uh, like physically 
where you can see her reactions and all that. So there's a lot of hesitation on her part. Also, there seems to be a lot of hesitation on the parents' part in the film and for Jesse Plemons' character. So I think there's just a lot of, um, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Um, where's time going? It's a lot of questioning and a lot of hesitation for sure. Yeah, I would say um big part of this movie is kind of like um, it overall just time and what time means and um, how it feels to kind of be going through time and like reaching the end, you know, um, it's very like uh, depressing in a sense, very depressing. <laughs> um, but it's also very interesting. Like, I like the line where she's like, um, she started to realize that um, time, she wasn't moving through time, but time was moving through them. It was pretty, pretty interesting, pretty like existential, psychedelic kind of vibes. That I'm Slightly pretentious. Oh gosh, don't get into the pretentious. You know? I wasn't going to drop the P word this early in, uh, <laughs> in the review, but. Um... I think the whole movie is really just riding on that line. It doesn't quite cross over um, mm. all the way, I don't think, until the, the ending. I, I feel like we're talking about the ending so much. We need to just focus on the now. Yeah, that's true. If time exists. Um, and also, I think one... I don't know if you ever got this from the film, but I feel like it really um, shows like the theme of when people like have a relationship they kind of like become one person in a sense because you know the scene where the part where she like points out the painting and she's like wait that's me and then uh jesse plemons yeah. was like no that's me and they don't even realize like what life they're living and um which kind of makes more sense once we get to the ending do we want to talk about the ending yet or i mean we've been hyping it up so much yeah we might as well Okay. Jump into it. Basically, Do you want to explain it? Uh, just to fill in the gaps a bit. Basically, in the middle of the film, uh, our main character is at the parents' house, and the parents take like twenty minutes or something to get down the stairs. So, like, you you start thinking things are a little sus over here. Um, and then once they do um, appear, there's a lot of scenes where their age changes, their appearance changes. So that theme of time starts uh, revealing itself over and over again. And another thing that we see is um, some really uncomfortable uh, interactions between the parents and Jesse Buckley's character and Jesse Plemons as well, as you could tell. He didn't really have a great childhood. So there's this question of when are they going to leave? Like, when are they going to leave the house and go home? Are they going to make it? And that leads us to the ending, the last 30 minutes or so. Oh, I thought you were going to explain the ending. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you take okay. that. Okay, um, so basically, the ending, um, we find out that uh, Jesse Plemons' character, do we remember his name? We do not. Okay, <laughs> we don't know the <laughs> character's name. But um, he, we find out that there's this janitor character who's actually him. Jesse Plemons. Which is not explained super well, and I was kind of confused at the, the end of the movie. The scenes are spliced through yeah. the movie, where you, you see Jesse Plemons, you know, being Jesse Plemons, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, quickly, there's like a shot of a janitor, like, cleaning the hallways, mm -hmm. and there's no explanation whatsoever. Yeah. But yeah. So they kind of hint at it, but basically, um, I guess you could say, I don't know, there's a book based off of this movie, um, that would probably explain it better. Um, but just going off of the film and what we see, um, it seems like, uh, this is the janitor's imagination and it's kind of like everything that happens in this movie, um, is based off of him at, wanting to ask this girl out one point at like a bar or like a game night or something like that. Um, which isn't also, also isn't very clear. Um, also, I just realized this is the second movie Jesse Plemons has been in where he's been associated with the game night. Okay. We'll get back to that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, this whole movie is his imagination because he never asked this girl out in the first place. So in a way, 
I don't know how you feel about this, but Jesse Plemons' character is kind of the protagonist, even though all of this is kind of about the girl in the story. I think you end up rooting for Jesse Plemons' character, uh, Jesse Plemons' parents to not be such weirdos, yeah. and for him to like kind of secure the relationship. And in the beginning of the film, we see discussion between. Jesse Plemons and Jesse Buckley. And it seems like Jesse Plemons is really carrying the conversation. So even though it seems a little off and a little uncomfortable, you end up kind of feeling bad for the guy. Mm -hmm. And his parents are so uncomfortable that this dinner, even if it's a figment of his imagination, becomes progressively more uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a pretty interesting... um, Because a lot of this is centered around... Um, the girl who we don't really even get a name in the movie because it changes over time. Um, and what he's, it seems like Charlie Kaufman is trying to say there is that, um, this main character, the janitor or the, um, Jesse Plemons character, he doesn't even really remember like his broad strokes. Yeah. He just kind of knows this situation where he met her, but he doesn't remember exactly her name. He doesn't really remember exactly her occupation or her major or what she studied in college. Because there's one scene where, um, for for a glance... Yeah, and I, I remember during the movie, um, there's like this one scene where it's like, for a second you're like, wait, is that some other actress? And I was like, what? And you were kind of confused, too. Do you yeah, I had a that? bit of a perplexed facial expression for a lot of the film. There's so yeah. many lofty ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, basically, um, even though it's centered around her, it's not really about her. It's and you about hear her thoughts, so it's a pretty non-traditional way to structure the movie and have your characters, um, uh, be portrayed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like the, the general spoilers, the general plot of the movie. And, and then the there's themes. a pig... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about the pig for a sec. Oh, man. Did you like the pig? No. Um, (laughs) Like, okay, so if you guys haven't seen the movie... um, Which, why are you watching this if you haven't seen the movie? Yeah, like, why? Get out of here. Wait, actually, stay here. We need views. No. We're doing this for fun. But they don't want to spoil. Yeah. Uh, Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, So, basically, there's a scene in the movie where... Jesse, Jesse Plemons when he's older as the janitor, it's a different actor, but, um, same character. He starts stripping down in his truck and then he starts walking into the school with an animated pig right in front of his manhood. And this is the kind of stuff that kind of ticked me off about the ending because I generally enjoyed this film and I think it's very well made. But it's symbolic, Noah. And I understand this the symbolism in because it. Because at one point there was a pig with maggots on his belly and they were talking about it in the farm. And then also But do we need to see the that? Theme... No. Do you need to see old man butt? Oh no. oh wait, wait, wait. While we're on the subject, do you think um this is kind of my my theorizing, do you think that um this is happening as the man, the janitor, um the is, manitor. The manager is he like dying, and this is just his life flashing before his eyes, or is this just a dream? And it's like dreams are weird, things go on. And Perhaps dreams. he is thinking of ending things. Oh, and, and that last at the end? in that last moment of thinking of ending things, his life flashes before his eyes, and his recollection is pretty hazy, and he realizes that time may not be as linear for him as he previously thought. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting stuff. But I do think the last 10 minutes or so of the movie just goes ham. Like, there's an Oklahoma scene. Oh, yes. And a bunch of people dancing in a hallway. And then, oh, the dancing scene? That's such a good scene. Like, it's so... (laughs) It's so beautifully, like, portrayed. Choreographed. Choreographed, and um, the music behind it is also great, in my opinion. It doesn't... It's, like, weird. You're kind of like, what's going on here? 
Um, but I, I liked it. I liked all the stylistic choices. I thought they were pretty interesting. Yeah, and I think for me, I would have enjoyed those scenes a lot more if there was some more context. Because I felt like I was doing a lot of the work as far as interpretation. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss this on the third floor in just a second. But I feel like there has to be some commentary on part of the director that is explicit that you can kind of mesh with what you have to interpret. I feel like there needs to be, they need to strike a balance. Yeah. So should we just go to the third floor right now? Yeah. So for the third floor, as I mentioned before, we're going to do a bit of a discussion. Um, this is mostly going to be on some kind of theme that we're talking about or some kind of topic. Um, today's topic is, do you have to understand a movie completely? Um, like, do you have to get, like, the general, like, gist of the movie? Does it have to, to be, be coherent good? as well? Yeah. Basically, that's the question. Um, and Noah and I kind of have opposing views on this, so I'll let Noah go first. I believe that a film has to have at least some explanation or a satisfying ending to be conclusive and to stick with me. Um, and part of that is because there's some films where I'd rather take it at face value, um, like a Fast and the Furious movie or a Star Wars movie. But for the most part, I just think a well-constructed story from a director has more co cohesion. And once you get to the end of the film, there's a lot of questions you have answered, but there's some that aren't answered and those stick with you. Whereas with this film and some other films, I believe there's almost everything has to be interpreted to the point where the movie doesn't seem solid enough on its own. And it's hard to pitch people on just a vague description of the film when there's not really a climax or a conclusion that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I came out of I'm thinking of ending things like I didn't really know what happened. Um, I didn't understand, like, the overall storyline because it was kind of confusing. Um, but I knew I liked it. And I think that's possible to go out of a movie and be like, I don't know what I watched, but what I watched was good. And I think that's kind of been a, a trend in some movies, especially lately. Um, the Art like, House? Yeah, with Mother coming out a few years ago. I oh. never saw that. <laughs> You never even saw it. Did you see it? Pretentious. No, I didn't. Yeah, Noah loves to throw around pretentious the P word. every day. Um, because, what? Noah. Um, yeah, so anyways, I think that a movie doesn't really have to be... You don't have to understand it completely, and I don't really think it's always the job of the director or writer to make you understand a movie. I think sometimes you gotta, you gotta just take it and then be like, all right, I'll figure that one out. Um, but like, I think even with Tenet, I've heard a lot of people who have been like, I just didn't really understand it. And like, I don't know if that makes it good or if that makes it like bad. So I guess we have some, Different opinions there. This is going to sound like an odd comparison at first, but if we're talking about movies that end with musical numbers, I think La La Land has a perfect conclusion to the film because because there's such a time jump. But that's such a different movie. The story, the story is quite linear, and yes, it's a very different movie. But once you get to the end, there's so many questions that you do have, perhaps about what their future is, what happened in between them breaking apart, etc., and the ending is, like, somewhat random, but it seems like it's more streamlined, and those questions are more about what's next or what's in the future rather than what did I just watch. But don't you think that there's a point where over-explaining is a thing? Like I do think over-explaining is a risk. Joker. Joker, yes. We'll give the example. Like, there, there was that scene with um, Zazie Beetz um, where you find out, like, oh... Um, she was like a figment of his oh, imagination. Oh, he crazy, crazy. But they kept on going and had to put in like different like flashbacks and different um, scenes just to show that like this is what happened. And I'm like, Todd, 
Todd, my guy, come on. Can you, like, leave me a little bit of room to, like, <laughs> think about that and, like, be like, oh, that's also, what happened. Also, there's another scene from Joker. We, we both had the light bulb at the same time, but it was different parts. Um, at the end, when he's talking to Murray, and he says, this is what you get when you cross a mentally psychotic, or I don't know what mentally it was. Mentally ill loner with the society. That abandons him and treats him like trash. Yeah, like, we got that. We got that, Todd. We, yeah. we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't need to have Joaquin explicitly tell us, this is what happens when this and this mm-hmm. uh, meet. So I do think there, there definitely is over-explaining uh, that happens in a lot of films. I, For me, I think there has to be a ratio. There has to be like a balance to it. Um, I'm fine with leaving a film with more questions than I have answers, but it's a little trickier for me um, to get connected and enjoy a film that establishes more questions than they had before and doesn't answer any of them. Mm. But doesn't that make it better on, like, rewatch? Like, you could, like, pick out the details. I think of um, Jordan Peele when I think of those kind of movies with Get Out and Us. Um, once you, you get out, you're like, get out. Once you get out of the movie, one. Uh, you kind of, like, have to think for a second and be like, wait. What does that mean? And especially with us, because I think with us... Um, oh, I didn't Jordan, get it when I left the theater. <laughs> yeah. I think Jordan Peele asked us to do a lot of projection and put our own themes on the movie. Um, and It's risky, but if you pull it off... Yeah, and then like after, when you get to go back and rewatch the movies, it just makes it kind of like a better experience, because you can... It's like a puzzle. Yeah. Um... So I thought that was really good. But also, it was cool how in those movies, even if you didn't, like, look deeper or try to find out a different theme or whatever, um, you could still enjoy it on face value for just being a horror movie, like a straight-up, like, thriller horror. Um, And then you can also look deeper for those themes. So I think that's also kind of a factor. Yeah. And I think one thing that... Um, really pushes my argument personally is without a satisfying conclusion, you know, the state of how you're leaving the theater or the movie is not quite as impactful. There's just a lot of weird blank stares going on. And there isn't any issue with that. And I totally see Zach's side on a, on this issue because it's not really, um, it's not really like there's a majority opinion here. It's basically split down the middle. Um, but I think there should be some, sense of gratification that you get for going through the two hours and 10 minutes, the two hours, 20, the two thirty, whatever it may be. Um, and it's good to have questions after the film. Definitely. But, um, I think if there's, if you feel like your journey wasn't going anywhere, what was the point of the journey? Do you have any movies where you feel like it was a better experience because you didn't understand that at the end? I think maybe Interstellar okay. would be an example of that. Because when I first watched the movie... I think a lot of Christopher Nolan movies Yes, like Christopher that. Nolan loves to do that. But with Interstellar, the first time I watched the movie, number one, it just blew me away. And that was like kind of the movie that got me into movies. Um, that and Guardians of the Galaxy, because I saw how fun Guardians of the Galaxy was, and I saw how intense and dramatic Interstellar was. There were so many questions I had that it made me... Be like, oh, wow, I want to go research. I want to go watch spoiler videos. I want to look into the science of it. And I don't like science. So I think that's a pretty impressive feat on its own. Um, As far as I'm thinking of anything, I did watch some YouTube videos explaining it afterwards to kind of see what other people interpreted. Um, But it didn't really lead me in as much much of a rabbit hole as a Mm. movie like Interstellar did. Um, And yeah, yeah. I guess Interstellar would be my comp. Okay. Yeah, I feel like um, the best would probably be you leave with questions while also feel feeling like you got questions answered. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the middle ground that you got to find with a lot of movies. Um, like personally, I was fine with like I'm thinking of ending things like having all those questions. And there's definitely and not... exceptions to the rule. Yeah. So I think like there's 
movies like that where I honestly liked it just for being weird and just for making me think. Um, Midsummer was another really weird movie that kind of yeah. made me have that double WTF reaction. But I think that movie just gripped me more. Mm. Um, and it answered some questions, but then you're like, wait, that was weird. What, what happened there? I guess another way you could kind of put it is like, if you're at like a science lab or a zoom meeting for school, like I I've experienced this this week. And then you already have the 20 questions that you have set up. You hope that during that zoom meeting, you get it like two or three of them maybe filled out mm-hmm. instead of being like, Oh shoot. Now I have like 40 questions. Mm. So it depends really. I mean, Maybe you're more of a puzzle guy, mm-hmm. and I'm more of a connect the dots guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you get out of a movie, you don't really understand it, and then the answer seems so clear once you look at like an article or a video, and it kind of just makes you feel like, wow, I wish I got that. Like, am I dumb for not getting the point yeah. of that movie? Um so I don't know. Like I don't know if people got out of I'm thinking of any things with being like, oh, I got that. That totally made sense to me. I you think there are people who are I like hope that? not. Because <laughs> then it makes me feel um, mentally inferior. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think there's definitely a balance you could find that makes the best movie. But I'm also kind of just fine with not knowing everything yeah. at the end of the movie. I think that kind of wraps up our discussion on mm-hmm. four three. So now I think we've we've reached the end of the elevator ride, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Thank you for joining episode one. Um, before we leave, though, I'm just going to improv this one right here. Zach, do you have any movie recommendations? This could be anything across the board. It could be oh, a movie gosh. from 1941, movie from 2005 movie this year what is there anything that you think the audience should watch you go first i need to check real quick yes okay i will give you a 2020 movie we mentioned it earlier i think everybody's got to see palm springs and maybe that's because i'm an andy samberg super fan and i love everything he's in um hot rod's one of my favorite comedies of all time i love pop star um and i also really enjoy brooklyn 99 his television show he's on but Palm Springs is just like a great breezy movie to watch. It's um, cute. It, it's on Hulu. It's very cute. Um, it's very, it's it has the Groundhog Day plot structure, but it does a lot within that um, to where I think it stands apart a little bit. Uh, the acting's really solid. Um, Andy Samberg's in more of a dramatic role, but he does have his goofy moments. Um, I just don't think you're going to see as many of those. Um, him making loud noises or like shrieking in this film, which is a part of his humor that we see in other of or in other projects that he's been in. But uh, Palm Springs, J.K. Simmons is great in it. Part of the movie is set in Irvine, uh, which is where we're from. So I would recommend that. That's that's one you can watch on Hulu right now. Um, and since we're ending summer, going into fall, this might be a good movie to watch before we're getting into sweater weather season. Yeah. Um... I think the movie I've seen recently that um, I would recommend is called The Assistant. It came out last year, I think-ish, but I think most people have seen it this year. Like It was kind of like one of those things where limited release last year, expanded release this year. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Um, I think... I would come in knowing that not much is going to happen this in this film. I'm out. I'm kidding. Okay. Calm down for a sec. Um, once you know that not much is going to happen, um, you'll start to notice that there's like very small details. Basically, the storyline is a assistant who goes to her job and starts to recognize in her day-to-day work that her boss might be involved in some kind of sexual harassment scandal, but she only knows very small details. And as a viewer, you also are kind of on the same journey as she is trying to figure out what's going on here. And I think um, it's really interesting because it puts you in her position 
as you go through the movie, which I don't think um, a lot of movies I've seen um, really put you in that same position and kind of like, as you're moving along um, the story, she's also moving along the story. Um, and there's this uh, HR scene um, that's probably my favorite scene of, of all time. Not of all time, of 2020, of what I've seen this year. It's masterfully directed. Um, I think you'll know when you see that scene, like, this is exceptional work right here. Um, I think that and um, the scene from Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, like the titular scene. Titular? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Uh, It's a big word. I think those two scenes will probably end up being my favorite of the year. We still have a bit to come, so we'll see. Um, so that's my recommendation. Yeah, and I probably should describe Palm Springs very... Oh, and it's on maybe. Hulu. Um, We're just giving all the Hulu reps. Yeah, so it, you can watch on Hulu, or if you have um, Canopy, which is free with uh, any library card, not any library card, but most library cards, um, or some universities, if you have Canopy... Um, or if you want to get Canopy and see if your library card works with that, it's available on there too for free. What were you saying now? Sweet. I'm just going to give my, um, my elevator pitch for Palm Springs as far as the plot. Um, really basic stuff. Basically Groundhog Day scenario. Andy Samberg is stuck in a time loop at a wedding. And then Kristen Milotti, who has like the biggest eyes you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, she, she what shows kind up. of comment is that? It's her eyes are huge. Okay, I feel like I just had to. I had to mention that. Even. Um. Anyways, uh, she's at the wedding too, and then hijinks ensue. I'm not gonna give away anything else, but it's super fun. Um, it's slightly existential. It's not like this movie, but um, makes you think a little bit. Um, more of like a, what would you do if you're in that scenario, um, film, but super funny. Um, first time director, I'm struggling to remember his name, but it's produced by the Lonely Island. Um, and I would recommend. Yeah, go see it. So now the elevator door is open and it's a bright, beautiful day and we, we got to go, but we'll be back in the elevator another time soon. Hopefully with Rybar. Hopefully with Rybar. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in to episode one of Beyond the Elevator and we will see you next time. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Toodles. Totals.